Tonight's show is brought to you by the 2022 Ozarks Home and Outdoor Recreation Expo, Bendetti Optics, and you, our listeners. You know, you must really love living here. I was like, this place is gorgeous. It would be awesome to live here, and I'll never forget her response to me. She said, I effing hate it here. What is up, all of you wayward souls, and welcome back to the Wayward Stories podcast. Wayward Stories is the podcast dedicated to telling our stories of wandering and wondering. Um, Adventures in self-discovery, adventures in the great outdoors, like we do a lot of things over here, and I enjoy it every single week, and I am happy to be back here in the studio talking to you guys again. I hope you are all well. How's the last couple of weeks been? Um, they've been crazy for me. Very, very busy. Um, as we've previously talked about, you know, I've taken on, I've bitten off more than I can chew, but, uh, Hey, I'm working through it, I'm working through it. So what are we going to talk about tonight, guys? We're going to have a little bit of housekeeping that's a coming, but I'm going to tell you right up front. It just kind of dawned on me recently. I was like, you know what? I could just tell people up front what I'm planning to do with the episode. And maybe it would cut down on disgruntled listeners even though I don't have that many, I'm really just basing this all off of that one dude that one time, but it did dawn on me. Like it might help you guys to know what to expect as we go throughout the show. So tonight we're going to talk about cars. We're going to talk about adventure wagons. We are going to talk about my Xterra, which I recently traded off. Any of you that follow me on Instagram um, are aware of this. And the new Subaru that I purchased them. But we're going to kind of say goodbye to the old X because it was my best friend for a lot of years. Got me through a lot of hard times and really opened up my world in so many ways. It represented a whole lot more than, than just a vehicle at that point in my life. But we have evolved beyond it and the time came that it was necessary to replace it. So I've done that and we're going to kind of talk about that tonight, but we're going to use that to go into a broader context of like just choosing the right wagon for you, y'all, the right adventure wagon, the right scooter. What is it that you want to have versus what is it that you actually maybe need to have? We're going to talk about it from the the angle of practicality, um, possibly. And we're, we're just going to talk about that in general, but we're also going to talk about quite a few other things tonight. It's going to be a little bit of a potpourri. So the general way we're going to do this, I'm going to spend a few minutes talking through housekeeping. All of it is on brand and on point and outdoor related. I promise you. Um, then we're going to talk about a little bit of a lesson that I learned and a story, um, about a road trip in particular that helped me to learn that. And um, then we're going to talk about a few cool road trips because fall, y'all, it is fall. Fall is finally upon us. We hope here in Arkansas, at least. I saw one of the people I follow on Instagram um, recently mentioning that, yo, this is like our third fall in Arkansas this year. Um, so let's hope this isn't just another false fall. Let's let's hope this one's like a real fall, but on the calendar, it is actually fall. So it's time for some of those fall foliage road trips. And we've got a handful here in Arkansas that you should absolutely look into coming and doing. Um, so we'll talk about that for a little bit. Then after the break, we'll probably really get into the 
kind of just the you remember the choose your solution episode the gear to go part two i think choose your solution and all it really was was me talking through gear choices and different ways of looking at things like when you're going through trying to find what's right for you the right equipment for you the right gear for you or whatever that's kind of how we're going to treat this episode tonight and i'm going to like real talk with you guys about vehicles and um, specifications and the things that actually matter and the things that don't really matter. Like we get lost in a sea of advertisers all the time. People trying to tell us this and, and lost in lust looking online. Everyone on there is trying to pretend there's something they're not and buying things they can't afford just to fit in with a specific group. And it's very discouraging to a lot of my listeners. I've been hearing over and over again. So we're going to talk about like real talk about what do you really need? and what works for you. So that's going to be kind of the basic outline of tonight's episode. So let's kind of get started. Let's get started with housekeeping. First of all, I challenge all of you to go and share this to groups. If you have any of my episodes that you really like, or you come across one that's like, oh, I'm from this area and he did this, and this is a cool episode about it. And you're in a group like we have here in Arkansas, we have the My Buffalo River group. I can't go in there and share my podcast because they'll kick me out. You know, they're like no self-promotion or whatever. But if one of you guys have a local group that you're a part of that's dedicated to some awesome wonder and I've actually been there or talked about it, go in, man. Go right here. Take that episode while you're watching it or listening to it wherever you're at. Just copy the link. Go into the group and say, hey, check this out. Like, I would really appreciate that because that happens from time to time. And I can track it within reason and figure out, oh, I had a huge surge in views or downloads of the episode. And it means a lot because to me, you know, like see it from my perspective, it's not so much I'm not as interested in a huge bulk of like downloads all at once. That doesn't affect me so much. What I see in that is ooh, a whole bunch of more people heard the episode and maybe some of those will become, you know, permanent listeners like so many of you have. And I appreciate all of you, every single one of you. I really, really do. But yeah, just take time. If you think about it, you come across something and you think, you know, somewhere that people would be interested in it and copy that link, share it over there. And I would be greatly appreciative. Um, also Ozarks Rec Show still coming up soon, October 21st through the 23rd, Rogers Convention Center, Rogers, Arkansas. I hope to see you guys there, man. I've got a ton of stuff from Bendetti. I've got some cool chest rigs from Solomon Dry Goods to give away. Um, got to be a lot of people there. There's going to be a lot going on over those three days. So I hope to see you guys there. Also mentioned last week, spooky season is approaching. If any of you guys got any creepy stories of things you've run across out there in the wilderness on any of your adventures, you got about, I'd say two weeks at the minimum, three weeks at the maximum before I have to record that episode. So if you got any stories you would love to share, remember you're welcome to do it anon anonymously or choose a handle or whatever. I'll give you full credit if you want full credit. You know, but you got about three weeks to write those up and get them in and send them my way. So mywaywardstory at gmail.com if you would like to participate or you can send it to me in instant messenger. But I'd prefer it if you went email because then I can print it out and read it instead of having to transcribe it to word and then print it out so that I can read it when we get to that episode. I'm excited about the spooky season episode. The more I've thought about some of the adventures I've been in over the years. The more I've thought about some like really cool, creepy stuff, like we're going to have a, it's going to be a fun episode and hopefully you guys can get some of your stories in. If you don't, 
no harm, no foul, no hard feelings, but it would be a really cool episode to put together like a two hour freaking extravaganza and just tell like personal stories of things that we've had happen to us out there that were a little bit creepy or spooky or scary in some way, shape or form. It's free form, y'all. You don't have to follow any specific set um, guidelines or whatever. Just if you got something, send it in my wayward story at gmail.com. Um, oh, I wanted to give a shout out. I've got a new follower on the old Instagram that I followed back and I'm really enjoying her stuff. And she is a budding photographer. She is out in, I believe it was Denver, North Carolina. She is in the Carolinas. Um, and if you go to look for it, it's at Reeves photo, R E E V E S P H O T O on um, Instagram. And what she's doing is, I mean, like I took interest because she's kind of doing what I started doing four or five years ago, just taking a step out on a limb and going in grassroots, trying to just go do something you love. And she's really into photographing bands and she's kind of starting to go down that road. And she's really, she's, she's a seasoned photographer like I was and am to a degree with landscape photography, but she's wanting to branch out into doing photos of people. And to do that, y'all, you have to, you have to build a portfolio. So go and follow her, give her some support. And if you are in North or South Carolina, if you're in a band or if you've got, you know, kids and you'd like to try some pictures, go and find her at Reeves photo r e e v e s p h o t o on the old instagram and you can get a hold of her that way and that way it's cool because you might get some really dirt cheap or possibly even free who knows um photography just for giggles to help her build up her portfolio and practice and whatever and i mean who doesn't like really cheap and or free stuff of course this is in effect as of like October 2022. If you listen into this episode five years from now, hopefully she's like making fat big bank bucks and she's really pulling in the scratch because she's doing what she wants to do. And so that might not, she might not be willing to do it for free five years from now. But as of right now, um, she's out there and she's just trying to build up her uh, portfolio and take a step out on a limb and go live the life she wants to live. So you guys go follow her on Instagram. And if you're in that area, by all means, hit her up. Maybe she will come take some pictures of you. Um, What else? Oh, yeah, I took a little drive today. You know, the day trips have been saving me. We've been talking about day trips. You know, I mean, we've mentioned it two or three or four times in the last several episodes. They've been saving me here lately. I've gotten so busy. It's just insanity. It's it's over the it's it's beyond me. But I'm managing. But the only way I'm managing is I still have to get my little brain break every once in a while. So my anxiety doesn't take me down a rabbit hole and I don't just lose my brain. So I've been trying to stab in these little day trips. And it's been cool because what it's done is it's given me, well, I got all those rack cards. We mentioned that. I got those like travel brochure type rack cards made up for the podcast. And also some small little flyer things. They're almost postcard size that we're going to be handing out at the Ozarks Rec Show. But I have those two things, promotional materials. So I've just taken it upon myself. I'm going to go hit the truck stops on the major interstates. Like I'm kind of in a great place in Fort Smith for that because I'm right at the intersection of Interstate 40, which is basically ocean to ocean. It goes as far as Bakersfield, but then you can take it on another little ways and you're in Los Angeles and to the ocean. It's ocean to ocean. And 49, which is sort of disconnected and 71 as well, but 49 is not quite all the way put together yet, but the majority of it is. And that guy runs all the way from the freaking ocean to Canada. When it's finally finished, it's going to be pretty slick right in the center of the country, freaking crossroads right here, Fort Smith, Arkansas. So 
by the way, I just said Arkansas. I do that sometimes. That is illegal to do in this state. Uh, anyway, so I've been putting out these rat cards and I've actually heard back from some people. It gives me something to go do, you know, and get out of the house for a few hours. But I've heard back from some people and it's been cool. I heard back from the very first one I heard back from was one of my very first weekend trips I took. And it was just when I left at a travel stop up around Fayetteville. And uh, it was a guy on Instagram goes by at successfully bearded. And I assure you, he is very successfully bearded. I wish I could beard in the way that he is bearding. It is beardtastic. Um, but I just heard from someone the other night, and this is super exciting. What did I say? Like, was it last, two episodes ago? Last episode? Anyway, it's been in the last two or three episodes. Said we've got all the continents except Antarctica, right? Um, so I get a message from someone just a few nights ago, and they're like, yo, we're heading up from Texas all the way back to KC, and I picked up your your rat card or your flyer um, there in Joplin. And we've been listening and it's cool, man. We've listened to a couple episodes and we're definitely going to put you in the rotation. By the way, I happen to know someone that is on one of the research stations down there in Antarctica. And I'm going to see if we can get that hooked up. So, so how cool is that? How cool is that? Man, that stuff. And plus now they follow me and I'm following them and they're quite adventurous, her and her partner. And um, I know what I'm going to go ahead and shout them out here. And it is Rebel Girl Scout and jbeckett 33 on Instagram. So you guys maybe go give them a follow if you want to follow some cool little adventures. They got a lot of cool stuff going on. They're out there having fun. They're out there having fun with life, which is what I'm always promoting and all about. And I just want to say to both of you guys, I am glad you're on board. I'm glad you're listening. Glad you picked up the rat card. And uh, yeah, that's super fun stuff. That makes me very, very, very happy. Um, beyond that, I think that that just about wraps up our housekeeping for tonight. So let's, let's get moving. I told you guys that I was going to share with you a little bit. And what if we talked about this, uh, this podcast? So, 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 so many times it is kind of my story. It's my rediscovery of myself and maybe even discovery in general, but it's me getting back to who I was before all the nastiness happened. You know what I mean? And really getting to become who I am. Like, it's really fun time. It's a really hard time. We're having to work through it. It's tough, but it's really fun. Like, I've got a lot of excitement inside of me about where I'm taking my future um, for myself and for my daughter. Hopefully, like, it's going to be good times. It's going to be good times. But it's been, you know, the podcast is all about that. Wayward stories. Wayward. What does wayward mean? Lost the path trying to find the path. Maybe you never knew the path, but you're trying to get back on the path, right? You're trying to find your path in this life. That's kind of the colloquial way of using wayward and which is how I am using it, intending it. And that's what this podcast is. Like it's just couched in the outdoors because that has been the vehicle to facilitate me starting to figure all that out. So I like to share my life experiences and so far so good. I've gotten lots of great feedback from people that it's, it's, it's mattered to him a little bit. So I'm going to continue to do that. Um, so we're going to talk about one tonight. This is really interesting. You know, I go through like, I'm a really in my head kind of person. Like I think way too deeply about probably way too much stuff all the freaking time, but that's just the world I live. And I've kind of embraced it. I'm just that I'm a cerebral person. That's just who I am. So let's just freaking roll with it. Let's make it work for us. And I try to make it work for me by trying to be a better human, by trying to improve myself and and hopefully put myself in a position to help help other people out a little bit. I'm not like 
trying to put myself in some haughty position of, yeah, I'm going to go and make people's worlds better. But like in the everyday ways, just by learning about people and empathizing with people and sharing stories with people. And if I can help, I can help. And I want to help like this world can really suck, but I like it better when it doesn't suck. And the best way to make it not suck is to not be sucky yourself, put a little effort into it. And that's kind of what I try to do. So with that in mind, I've been going through all this crap in my head recently. And I was, I was at work, just quick context, backstory to make this make some sense. Um, and this is probably why Arkansas tourism is not interested in me and why I can't be an R ambassador as many people has put me up for it. I mean, I, number one, yes, I don't fit the proper demographic. I'm not pretty enough, you know, in any way, shape or form to be an R ambassador. And apparently, you know, just interesting stories in a podcast and a YouTube and lots and lots of pictures of all the awesome things in Arkansas. I don't know. It might be because I'm also real about stuff. Um, and this may be why. But I live in this Fort Smith area, have essentially my entire life, grew up in eastern Oklahoma, lived here my whole life, and it's a suck hole. It's an economic suck hole. Like if, if you don't say have an education and you're not here for the for you know upper echelon management positions at certain places, I mean it sucks. It's a hard place to live. Dang near everyone I know hates it here. Like it's a horrid place to be. You talk to people from NWA, they're like, Oh god, I hate Fort Smith. Most of them lived here and left for the promised land of Northwest Arkansas at some point in their lives, which I would do if it wasn't for my daughter being here at Fort Smith. So, you know, that's just life, right? But this area is a stinky dang area to be in. You're not going to get ahead in life here. And it feels like a gravity. It was kind of like big purple. It's like a gravity you can't get out of. Well, I was driving down Logtown Hill in Van Buren running my route at work just like a week ago. And I was looking over the river Valley and I'm looking at the Arkansas River and I'm looking at all the green lush trees and I've been gaining an even bigger, a certain amount of appreciation because we are a tourist draw. We're a highly touristy area in one sense and it's mostly historically based, but we got some amazing historical sites. We were literally, you know, they talk about St. Louis as the gateway to the West. Fort Smith was like the last frontier gateway into the West. Um, after we progressed beyond St. Louis, Fort Smith became the place and there's awesome, awesome buildings and history in downtown Van Buren, which is literally right across the river from Fort Smith, basically one big city, but you know, that's just how it goes as things expand. So I've gained some appreciation. It's more, Fort Smith is starting to revitalize. The downtown has become a gorgeous place and it continues to get more gorgeous as they're revamping these old, old buildings and these Victorian era buildings. And, and we got lots of, uh, like restaurants and different shops coming in. It's turning into a really cool place in a lot of ways, but I'm coming down Logtown Hill with all that in my mind, you know, and it just kind of hit me. I was like, that's really beautiful. This is really beautiful. And I kind of, for a second had an out of body experience, almost like an out of, out of Justin experience. And was like, if I was seeing this as a tourist, cause I have a lot of experience now as a tourist, right? I'm out in the world everywhere adventuring and it kind of dawned on me. It's like, if I were coming here and had never been here and I was driving down this hill right now, going down to the historic site or these things that I know here that are really, really cool. This place might look like a totally different place to me. Actually, it would definitely look like a totally different place to me. And for whatever reason, my brain started to flip that into a little bit more of a, yo, you know what? If you were just in a different station in life, this place would look different to you. 
you wouldn't be living in certain parts of town because you could afford to actually live where normal middle class people live. You wouldn't actually be eating garbage, you know, from garbage places on the worst roads in the worst neighborhoods where it's the cheapest because you could actually go. Like if you were going out for dinner and you were going to Bricktown every night or not every night, but whenever you do or somewhere fancy, like this would be a whole different world. Just a different station would make this area a whole different world to you. And you could actually live here and probably like it if your situation were different, if your quote unquote station in life were just a little different. And in that there was a contrast and there's a reason I'm telling you this whole long story in that there was a contrast to me. It reminded me of the story when I was on my way to San Francisco way back when three or four years ago, and I stayed the night in Williams, Arizona, literally on Christmas Eve on my way out. I just ran up to the Grand Canyon. I came back home through intermittent snowstorms everywhere. Get to Williams grab dinner from a place wherever. I don't even remember, but I got it in a bag and I was back in Williams at a hotel standing on the porch. It was freezing outside the porch out front. It was freezing outside. Snow is falling on Christmas Eve. I'm in the high plains y'all. I am Williams, Arizona, the high desert. It's gorgeous. It's absolutely gorgeous. That night was magical and I loved Williams. I fell in love with it. It was beautiful beautiful place. And it's right up my alley. And I was like, this place is freaking amazing. I could live here. And it is stuck in my brain forever. I mean, it's where the Grand Canyon Scenic Railway departs and terminates at and take tourists up to the South Rim via train right there out of Williams. Amazing place. Well, the next morning I get up and I go to get gas to head out on the next leg of my trip, right? Walk out the, or go in paying for the gas and talking to the gas attendant, it's, you know, 545, something like that. In the morning, I was like, you know, you must really love living here. I was like, this place is gorgeous. It would be awesome to live here. And I'll never forget her response to me. She said, I effing hate it here. And I was like, oh, really? Why do you hate it here? And she's like, there's nothing but meth. She's like, it's an economic suck hole. There's no way out of here everywhere. But this part of town right down here that looks so nice everywhere else is trash. Like she hated it. She hated it for all the same reasons that so many people like hate it around Fort Smith. There's so much, so much meth. There's so much crime in certain places. Fort Smith actually is not bad for crime um, per capita. But it was the same concept. You follow me. It's the same concept. She's living in one of the most beautiful places I've ever seen and absolutely hated it. But think about who I was talking to. Nobody wants to be in a place where you have to work at the gas station at six in the morning and that's how you're paying bills. Like, and I don't mean that in any kind of disparaging way to any of you out there listening that are doing it. Y'all, I have done it myself and I'm not in much better shape than that now as it is. I'm just saying it factually. Nobody really wants that. You know what I mean? That's not what you're after. She was like me stuck here in a situation that you weren't necessarily happy with, but she was in one of the most beautiful places I've ever seen with access to the freaking Grand Canyon, like 40 minutes up the road. I'd be there every freaking weekend. Think about it. Think about it. This world is two different ways all the time, different shades of it, different variants of it, variances of it, but this world sucks. It does, but it's also 
freaking amazing. And that's like the story of the last five years of my life. I told you guys before that, you know, how somehow the worst thing that ever happened to me was also the best thing that ever happened to me. And there's still no words for me to properly convey that to you and make it make sense unless you've lived something like it. But everything in this world is all about looking at it one of two ways. The world sucks, but it's also awesome. It's both at the same time. The whole thing is what's your perspective on it. And don't get me wrong. I'm not about to go down that cliched old rabbit hole of like, you just have to change your perspective. Be thankful for what you have. That is not what I'm about to say. What I'm about to say is it is about changing your perspective, but doing so through actually changing your position. And that is necessary sometimes. Think about it. Down here in the Washita's in southeast Oklahoma, there are these beautiful mountains, the Winding Stair Mountain Range, Talamina Scenic Drive. From the top of those vistas looking down on the valley, it's gorgeous. Nothing but hills and mountains and forest, green, lush forest as far as the eye can see to the horizon, and it's gorgeous. But if you're down in the valley, right up against the Fushmaline River, which you overlook at some points, I've been down there on that river. Y'all, it's mostly swamp. There are water moccasins everywhere. It's infested with mosquitoes. And it's brown mud water. I'm talking legit sludge water. Okay, it's gross down in that valley. I mean, it's beautiful in its own way, I guess, as a river bottom. But mountaintop versus the sludge water. Okay, the only difference is you're either looking down upon it in a, in a vast kind of like 10,000 foot view of the whole of it, or you're standing right up against it, right? It's all about the position you're in. Sometimes you have to climb the mountain to get the more beautiful view. Sometimes being down in the trenches is not the best place to be. I mean, oftentimes it's not. You have to put in effort and you have to work yourself out of that. And I am living proof of that. Like I know people always, when you hear stuff like this, they're like, oh, it's easy for you to say, look at you. Yeah, look at me. Five years ago, let me get real personal for just literally, hopefully less than 20 or 30 seconds. Five years ago, I was standing there going, holy crap, I'm suddenly being divorced. Did not want that to happen. Had $186 in the bank in like three weeks to pay rent. And not enough employment. I was employed, but not employed enough to make that rent. Y'all had everything to lose, but at the same time, I had nothing to lose because I'd lost everything that mattered. Okay, well, here we are five years later. I'm halfway through my freaking anthropology degree, literally almost halfway through my anthropology degree, working out the details for starting postgraduate school for a master's in history to go along with that anthropology degree. Still struggling to pay bills, but I'm paying bills. I'm living in a pretty darn nice little house to live in renting. I mean, it's nice enough. It's warm and keeps a roof over my head and I can feed my daughter. Right. And I'm actually, I got three years worth of YouTube videos. I've got this podcast is now God, a year and a half closing in after Christmas on two years into production. All the things that I set out from when I had nothing, just literally four and a half ish years ago, $186 in the bank and almost homeless to here. And you know what it took? Seeing the top of that damn mountain over there and looking at that stupid mosquito-laden, malaria-infested water moccasin 
teeming swamp water in front of me, but looking up and being able to see the mountaintop and saying, you know what, I got, I can either stay the heck here or I can try to go the heck there. And if I try to go the heck there and I die on the way, it was better than staying here. At least I'll die knowing I tried. And that is a good analogy because that's part of what I set out to do in this life is I do not want to lay on my deathbed someday and think to myself, I regret not trying every single last option available to me to make myself the life that I wanted to live. I tell you all that not to be like, oh, Justin, I don't want no pats on the back. I don't want no pats on the back. It's not what I'm telling you. I'm telling you that to prove to you, no matter where you're at, you can work out of it. It's just going to take effort. Climbing a mountain is never easy, but you've only got two options. Stay where you're at or go where you want to go or die trying. I guess that's a third option. We're hoping that, you know, it's kind of like option B squared, maybe. No, that gets into like calculus or something. Anyway, I want to move on from that, but I just wanted to point it out, guys. I just wanted to like make that, I wanted to get it out there. These are the kind of stories that I get the biggest responses from my listeners saying that really, really helped me in this way, or it helped me in that way, or it gave me perspective. I really kind of needed to hear um, it's going to, you know, it's helped to jostle me out of my, my rut that I'm stuck in. I want to do this and I'm going to go do this, like whatever it is. And it is, it's all about the evolution of self y'all. And that's what this podcast is. Let's get out there in the world, explore the things we freaking love, the things we want to see, whatever our draws our soul. Let's go to it. Let's go freaking find it. Let's go get it. And then we'll see what it does from it for us from there. We'll see where it takes us. But you've got to freaking assess it, that this is a situation, and then do something about it. And that's what this is about. I don't think that, you know, just change your perspective. Like, you know, be thankful for what you have. That's always been dismissive. Just kind of like we mentioned last week about telling someone, oh, be thankful you're alive after your whole house burnt down. It is dismissive. No, a real approach to that is, yo, I do need to change my perspective, but... The only way to do that is by changing my position relative to this. You can either live in a freaking gorgeous place or a place you hate. And it all depends on if you're the person working at six o'clock in the morning on a Sunday on Christmas Day or you're the person that's just passing through or like because I could see me making a life in Williams, Arizona, y'all. I could totally just go be like an interpretive like conductor on the scenic railway to the Grand Canyon or work the Grand Canyon. I'd be happy with any of that and living in one of the most beautiful places ever. But the difference is between working at that stupid gas station that that poor woman was having to work at or doing what I'd like to do is exactly what I'm doing right now, which is going to school to lay the groundwork to get a piece of paper that says, hey, national parks, hey, state parks, hey, University of Higher Education. I got the chops hire me to do something I care about doing. That's the whole point. It ain't easy. It's hard freaking work. Y'all, I haven't seen the light of day in like six months, but we're getting there and you can too. Whatever you're doing, wherever you're at, if you don't like it, it may be a long trek in front of you. It absolutely might, but you can do it. And it's all about taking the steps, taking the initiative and saying, I just don't want to be here anymore. So anyway, that's this week's deep thoughts with Jack Handy. But 
I think it's like something y'all need to hear. I think it's something everyone needs to hear. That's why we share these stories, y'all. We all need to share our experiences because it's these perspectives that broaden all of our views. Like it's perspectives like this one that I've heard in so many other places in the podcast I listen to and the shows that I watch that have helped me to mold myself and evolve myself. Anyway, around it, let's get on to let's get on to the break. Actually, that took longer than I thought. Hopefully you guys are still with me. Um, hopefully I haven't lost you. We are going to talk about cars and travel and all that good stuff tonight. I promise you that. So we're going to cut from here. We're going to take our quick break for some words from our sponsors. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about a couple of autumn road trips here in Arkansas. And we're going to talk about, well, the passing of the Xterra and moving on with my life onto my new love, Lady Clementine the Subaru, and uh, just being practical about choosing vehicles that you want that will do what you need to do for getting out in the backcountry. So anyway, we'll catch you guys after the break. What is up, all of you wayward souls? I want to tell you guys about our newest sponsor, Bendetti Optics, a brand based right here in the good old U.S. of A., Portland, Oregon, to be exact. And I bought my first pair of Bendetti sunglasses about a year and a half ago and fell in love with them so much so that I got online and ordered a couple of more pair. And when I did, there was a small shipping snafu, an order fulfillment snafu, and I got on the phone, gave him a call, and guess what? I get a call back from who? One of the big men themselves, right there in Portland, from the top of the chain. Have a great conversation, and we end up starting this great relationship we have. They more than made right, the little snafu that occurred. And I am now a huge proponent of them because I can tell you from personal experience, they are good people and they're trying to compete with the big boys out there coming in at a price point of about $40, but using the exact same frame material, TR90, and the same polarization process as the big guys. As it turns out, something I think we are already probably new in our hearts, when you buy big name sunglasses, you're buying a big name, not necessarily any more quality than you can get somewhere else like at Bendetti Optics. They have 29 different styles. They have multiple polarization options for whatever climate you happen to live in. And they back it up with like this lifetime guarantee that if your dog eats your sunglasses, it doesn't matter how you break them. Send it back in with a check to cover shipping and handling and you're golden. You got a new pair on the way. These guys are truly trying to do it right. And they have this philosophy that a really good pair of sunglasses should not cost you so much that you are afraid to wear them. And I think all of us outdoorsmen can relate to that. So if you guys, like me, are very practical and like to get more bang for your buck and wear some great-looking sunglasses, check out BendettiOptics.com. That's B-E-N-D-E-T-T-I, Optics.com. Or you can go over to Instagram slash BendettiOptics. And that I highly suggest, whether you buy a pair or not, just to check out the cutest pupper you will ever see modeling sunglasses. Once again, that's BendettiOptics.com. And make sure and let them know Wayward Stories sent you. What's up, guys? I want to tell you about tonight's sponsor, the Ozarks Home and Outdoor Recreation Expo. It's being held at Rogers Convention Center in Rogers, Arkansas, October 21st through the 23rd of this year. This show is for all of us outdoor enthusiasts. And it's going to feature exhibitors and vendors that specialize in the products and destinations that tailor to all of our outdoor predilections. So if you guys are in the market for your next big kid toy or a new piece of gear, or you just want to find some ideas for your next adventure, or maybe 
You want to rub elbows with all of your fellow outdoors people. We're all going to be there. I'm going to be there all weekend, all three days, Friday through Sunday, daylight to dark at my booth. We're going to be giving away t-shirts, sunglasses, stickers from Bendetti Optics. We're going to be giving away some handmade tactical gear for hiking and search and rescue applications from another great friend of the show, Solomon Dry Goods. It's going to be a whole event, y'all. This is a statewide thing. It's a big deal, and y'all need to get out and check it out. If you happen to be an exhibitor or a vendor, if you want to secure for yourself a space at the expo to let people know you're around, send me an email at mywaywardstory at gmail.com. Once again, we're talking about the Ozarks Home and Outdoor Recreation Expo, Rogers Convention Center, Rogers, Arkansas, October 21st through the 23rd of this year. I hope to see all of you there. And welcome back. Thank you guys for sticking around through the ad break. It means a lot to us. Um, as I as I took the break, um, I went and grabbed something to drink real quick and just kind of, you know, cleared my head and got ready to come back for part two. And I was thinking about like, oh, Justin, cringe, 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 cringe. Did you share too much? But you know what? When it comes down to it, I did not. It, it's. I may not ever be popular. This show may never, ever take off because I'm real. There's one thing no one can accuse me of is not being real about stuff. And as far as I understand it, um, given whatever intel and information I have, you know, handy. And like I've told you guys before, I'm always willing to change my relative position. If you show me evidence that I need to change my relative position, I'm always wanting to grow. But you can't accuse me of not being real. Because, I mean, to me, that's what makes this what it is, for me at least, and hopefully for a lot of you. As you get someone telling you the freaking truth about stuff and and sharing experiences that you can relate to, because it's that relation that lets you know sometimes, for as many people have told me, I wasn't crazy. I know exactly what you're talking about. I've been through that too, and I felt like I was all alone in it. And there's something about that validation that can change the whole game. It, it takes the blame off of yourself and, and you out of your own head and gives you some confidence to go and move forward. That's why we're here right now tonight is because it was things like that that I took confidence out of and validation out of. Hey, I'm not the only one that had that experience. It wasn't necessarily my fault. Sometimes crap just happens. So anyway, we're going to get on to tonight's show, the rest of it. So. We're going to talk about, first of all, it is autumn now. We do have leaf changing. We have fall foliage happening in the state of Arkansas, y'all, and it is gorgeous. So I'm going to tell you guys about a couple of trips that you can take this fall if you're here close to our state or you may want to plan for the future. Um, the first one I'm going to tell you about is Talamina Scenic Drive, okay? It straddles, I say it straddles, it crosses the Oklahoma-Arkansas border. It runs from Tallahena, Oklahoma. Well, it's a point north of Tallahena on Highway 259 um, and crosses and follows the mountaintop all the way across the Winding Stair Mountains over across Rich Mountain and down into Mena, Arkansas, thus Tallahena, Tallahena to Mena. Um, and both states have a different designation. I think in Oklahoma, it's like Scenic Highway 1, maybe, or 88. Maybe it's 88 in Arkansas. But anyway, you're looking for it. You Google Talamina Drive, you're going to find it. Y'all get on the old Instagram. Check it out. I saw someone just like two or three mornings ago posted a picture from the top of the mountain. Holy crap. The colors are 
on fire on top of that mountain right now. As of October 2nd, 2022, those colors are, I mean, they look like they're at peak, which seems a little early, but you have to keep in mind, it's 2,000 feet higher than here, and the temperatures are much cooler and have already been becoming much cooler at night. Y'all, this drive, we're going to talk a few minutes about this drive because it is, it's special, okay? People come from all over the entire United States to drive this road in the fall, and they even come from all over the world to much lesser degree, but they absolutely do. The colors are insane. If you get online and start looking for pictures, fall foliage on Talamina Drive, it'll drop your jaw. Y'all, it is reminiscent of the Northeast. I've always wanted to go to the Northeast, Vermont, New Hampshire, Maine in the fall. This is what it looks like. Talamina Drive, top of Rich Mountain, top of the Winding Stair Mountains. Absolutely, fantastically gorgeous. Beautiful, fun drive too. Fun drive, two lane, state highways. You know, reasonable shoulder in most places, but multiple turnouts to look down upon the Poto River Valley to the north or south upon, oh, well, actually, some of that would be Poto River Valley too in certain places. But anyway, valley to the north, a valley to the south, and more mountains to your south beyond the valley. Y'all, panoramas abound. The turnouts, the lookouts, they have great little histories that you can you can read and see, and it'll tell you about some of the stuff in the area. It'll tell you one of the things I, I'll never forget. Um, I always remember is it talks about how <laughs> the ground you're standing on now was once underneath the Gulf of Mexico. Um, you know, and just how the continents drift and shift and plow into each other, like the land on top of Rich Mountain was once at one time a part of a shallow sea down in Texas somewhere fascinating, fascinating stuff, but also just absolutely gorgeous. You have Queen Wilhelmina Lodge, Queen Wilhelmina State Park, part of the way across. It's an awesome old lodge built way back in the day. I believe this is a second iteration of it because it burned down at some point, like all old lodges do that were in the middle of nowhere. Um, but it's a gorgeous place with gorgeous amenities, a lot of cool little stuff you can check out, a great place to stay, to go up and down Talamina Drive, and there's also some great history. There's Pioneer Cemetery up there, which we're going to talk about here in a couple of weeks during spooky season, because I have a uh, personal story about Pioneer Cemetery, and it's a really cool cemetery. Historically speaking, what went on there is... A group of settlers way the heck back in the day during the Civil War basically took off to try to get away from Civil War hostilities. And they just walked and they walked and then they climbed and they rode. I'm sure they rode horses and donkeys and everything else in the world and found themselves on top of Rich Mountain and discovered something that botan uh, botanist Thomas Nuttall figured out like in the 18, I want to say it was 30s. Don't check me on that, but it was sometime in that time frame. Or maybe it was earlier than that. But the top of Rich Mountain was really rich. That's why it's called Rich Mountain. The soil on top of the mountain is perfectly fertile for farming. You just have to clear trees and go to farming. And that's why it's called Rich Mountain. So they found a place to settle near a spring. And they lived out the Civil War there. And many of them stayed on there. But it's super cool. There's still a few little rock markers. And there's a plaque there. And a thing that kind of tells you a short little story. Which is why we're going to talk about it during spooky season. Is there is a story of the young girl. That her mother had a fever. And was desperately in need of water in the middle of winter. 
And the young girl, I believe she was like a preteen or right at the tween age years, went out to go to the spring in the middle of the night to get water and got cornered by wolves. And she climbed a tree and froze to death in the tree. And her story is historical and it is emblazoned there and re to be retold forever. But there's also, of course, a ghost story associated with that. But the history is there. The history alone is super cool. Mina. Mina is a cool little town. Again, growing up in Hevener, Oklahoma, which is just a hop, skip, and a jump away from Mina, I'm well aware of it. And to me, in my mind, oh, that's just Mina. But if you're coming in as a tourist, it's a really cool place. The old Kansas City Southern Railroad Depot is there, and now their historical um their historical museum, but it's also right on the main line of the Kansas City Southern, which is still a functional railroad. And every once in a while, pretty often, actually, you get to see a train go blowing by it. You know I mean, it's nice. It's fun. It's super cool. They had a cool little downtown. They got some cool places to stay. And y'all, the Washita's in general are an awesome place to be. And if you're in Mina, you're kind of centrally located to a whole lot of freaking awesome stuff down there in the Washita's. So this should be on your bucket list. By all means, a drive on Talamina Drive in the autumn should absolutely be somewhere in your future. You need to go check it out, write it down somewhere, look at some pictures, because if you look at the pictures, you're going to be like, God, I got to go right now, which is kind of how I'm feeling. Because the colors I saw just three mornings ago, I'm telling you, they look like they're prime, which means it won't be long before they're not prime. And then it's just brown. However, for any of you, any time of year, if you wish to see Talamina Drive, there are other aspects to it, such as it is very dark sky on top of that mountain. And when you drive down it, you have all those pullouts that you can go pull off of and you can stare at the stars. You can do astrophotography. Y'all, we used to go up there like we used to take girlfriends up there. You know what I mean? Not to do anything sundry on sundry. You know, you none of that. But, you know, just to stare at the stars and be all romantic and whatever. But I remember sitting up there one night, laying in the bed of my pickup truck, just staring up at the stars. And you can see satellites crossing the sky. And there is a difference between a satellite and the space station. The space station is much more obvious. It's much brighter. And you'll see it over and over and over again every eight or nine minutes. Um, satellites move on different trajectories at a little bit different speeds. And they are so faint that you can almost only see them sometimes out of your peripheral vision. Have you ever had that? You're looking across like a long, you know, wide open lake at night, looking straight out there. It's just pitch black. But as soon as you turn your head just a little to the left or a little to the right, you're like, there's a street light out there somewhere on the other side of that lake. You can see it in your peripheral. But when you engage it, eye contact straight at it, it d disappears. I don't know what that is, but it's a thing. Some of those satellites are that faint, but you're literally sitting there looking at a satellite orbiting the earth. That's how dark it is up there. Also cold. Okay. The best time for star viewing up there or uh, stargazing or even astro, which of course you don't have the Milky Way for working for you in the winter so much, but up on top of that mountain where the air is crisp and clear and all the humidity is hanging down in the valley and all the haze is below you, you are above so much of the light pollution and the air pollution that still even permeates us down here in the country. You can see so much and it is so cool. And also just spending the night out there, like waiting for sunset and getting sunset pictures. Oh my gosh. Y'all photography off the chain. It's off the chain. Is that something the kids even still say it used to be? I don't know, but moving on from there, another, fall foliage trip that you can take would be the pig trail 
which is Highway 23 here in this great state of Arkansas, once again. Um, 23 runs north and south through our beautiful Ozark Mountains. It will take you up through the Ozarks and right along the Mulberry River. It'll take you right by the Turner Bend store. It'll put you within 15 minutes of birds right there on the Mulberry River. You can take it all the way up. There are historical towns along the way. It is a beautiful drive. There are restaurants in all of those little small towns, the same kinds of things that we I talked about recently. You find those little diners that have that old cast iron grill from 1955 or what the heck ever. All just it, It's very colorful. The foliage can be very co- colorful but also just the people, the places. It is quite an interesting drive. It is, they call it the pig trail because everyone loves to ride their motorcycles on it. It's windy, it's narrow, it is a fun drive to take, but it also takes you right through the heart of so much of our best country here in Arkansas, through the Ozarks. That is also a super, super cool fall foliage drive something that you guys should consider looking into doing. And I'm sure any of you out there that ride motorcycles probably already know this. It is kind of famous nationally as a place to come ride that big bike of yours. So anyway, y'all, we have got a lot of fall foliage starting to happen right now. The Washita's on top of Talamina Drive, it is like in full effect right now. In northwest Arkansas, in the Ozarks, it's starting to take off. I drove up that way like a week ago and I saw a few yellows. I was like, ooh, it's just about to happen. I don't have any reports and I haven't seen any pictures since then, but I bet it's getting ready to go into full swing over the next couple of weeks. So you guys, look into it. All my listeners up there in Missouri, some of my homies up there around St. Louis, you guys, you know who you are, my Roton boys, all of y'all. You might think about making a drive down, come down one weekend and just chill out in the, the, you mean, y'all, you can spend a whole weekend in the Ozarks and have constantly stuff to do. There's all kinds of awesome stuff to do here. And on that note, you guys up there in Missouri, holler at me and let me know how the fall foliage is happening up there because the, the St. Francois mountains, St. Francis mountains and the Ozarks, the Southern Missouri Ozarks, they I bet there's some hecka drives up there. Any of you guys know of any awesome fall foliage drives up there? Let me know. Like after this episode drops and you hear this, let me know so I can put it into the next episode. Um, Anyway, but road trips abound, y'all. It's the right time of year for it, man. The heat's coming down. Like the, the nights are getting nice. It is a good time of year to get off your duff, get out of the house and go explore some cool things. So with that clever little segue. How does one go to go to explore things? Well, typically you're going to do it in your adventure wagon. So on to the adventure wagon part of tonight's episode. What do you guys do you tripping in? Me, obviously we've been talking about it. I did it in my Xterra forever, a 2013 Nissan Xterra. And now I have a 2019 Subaru Crosstrek Sunshine Orange affectionately named Lady Clementine. And y'all, it's been enough time now. What, we're close to a month, maybe a little more, maybe a little less since I traded off the old X and I've had time to mourn the loss and start to move on and also time to appreciate Clementine. Like I've been taking her on short weekend road trips, you know, two to three hours, be out today. I think I drove two hours one way, two hours back, dropped some more rat cards, checked out some cool small towns down Oklahoma Highway 9. Um, 
And anyone you in Oklahoma that knows what's on Highway 9 will be like, what freaking cool small towns. But again, I'm coming from a different perspective. I love history. A couple of those downtowns down there had some amazing old school banks on them. It's not the kind of place you'd plan a whole weekend trip to, but the kind of thing that if you're out there anywhere in these great United States, y'all, there are tens of thousands, probably hundreds of thousands of tiny little towns that are nothing more than a sneeze, like a booger on a map. But hundred years ago, we're a bustling rail junction or something and have all these just grand old Victorian era buildings, all kinds of cool stuff. And it is all over the country. They're kind of things that when you see them, this is why I budget extra time into all my road trips is so I can stop. I can spend an hour here and just check it out for a little bit, you know, a little bitty, little bit specs, a little bit afterthoughts on a map, but have something really cool there that'll That'll expand your historical knowledge or just, you know, culture you. Just get you a little bit more cultured. I told everyone way back in the day, I came back from California and they're like, so how was it? And I was like, well, I went as an uncultured swine and I have returned as a cultured swine, you know, like it just, it's, 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 uh, it's steps to this, you know, you got to work your way up. But made my little trip today and I'm getting used to Clementine and I'll tell you what I'm really getting used to is that gas mileage. And that that speaks directly to the point of tonight's podcast, um, which we kind of left that long time ago, kind of jumped the shark on that. We'll figure out how to name this podcast later. But it's all about what works for you. Okay, to me, driving my little Clementine Subaru, I am a laughingstock to all the cool people on Instagram, right? Which I'm learning. I don't really give a crap. Well, I already knew I didn't give a crap, but I'm starting to learn that Instagram is essentially modern day yuppies. Y'all, I didn't know this. Okay. I just learned this recently. Yuppies, it stood for young urban professionals. Okay. It was yup. And they start calling them yuppies. And the like, literally their characterizing features are obsession with wealth obsession with personal appearance. That is what a yuppie is. And y'all, that's the the disgust factor I've been having with Instagram for God, how long now? Months. I've been trying to keep it out of this podcast because I don't like to go down the negative tangent so much, but I've just like been beating my head on the wall and I've been having to unfollow people because it's like you've hijacked nature that I love so desperately to try to fit in with a club and it's all just become this huge fad. And I didn't realize what it is. Is it's the modern 2000, you know, it's the 2020s version of a yuppie. It's all about appearance. It's all about appearance, which plays tonight in this episode about cars and choosing the right vehicle for you. I know some of you guys are going to like, I know at least a couple of people that are like lost. It's lost on them. They're like, I don't get what you're talking about. You keep talking about being discouraged by people. Some of you won't get it. Because you just see the world through a different lens. But so many more of you do get where I'm coming from when I'm like, don't be discouraged because I get the emails from you. I get the messages on Instagram, on Facebook, wherever telling me like, yeah, I needed to hear that. I needed some perspective outside of it because it does. It messes with people's heads. Some people just want to fly into the radar, go out there and do their thing. But when they're looking in their whole purview of the world is this world of just literally vanity just empty vanities. Like if I go out there and go to hike, I'm going to be parking my little 
beat up old Altima and some trailhead with all these giant cars and people walking around looking perfect and beautiful. And, and y'all, it is kind of like that in some places. In the very popular places, I ain't even joking you. That's exactly what it's like. Um, But that's why I'm telling you these stories is like, it ain't like that everywhere. And that's not what it's all about. But Instagram's gotten disgusting. It is literally the home to the modern age yuppie. And I like, I always heard the term yuppie, but I never really was that pop culture. Like I was too young in the days that that was a big deal to really understand what it was. But as soon as I read the definition recently, I was like, yo, that's exactly what's happening. But anyway, but anyway, I tell you guys, don't be concerned about those yuppies. Don't be concerned about them because they're busy taking their selfies and doing their thing. If you're out there for the real reasons, we're going to help you find the right places to go. That's what we do at Wayward Stories. We've been doing it for what? This is 54 episodes now. Get out there and do it anyway. And whatever the heck it is you're driving. But let's talk about how to choose. If you have the ability to buy another vehicle, what are you looking to get into? What do you want to drive? You know, one thing is you have to start by getting real with yourself. Why do you want what you want? Like I lusted heavily over a forerunner for a long, long, long time. But when it came time to buy one, number one, I couldn't afford it. But number two, I got real about why I wanted it. See, I've always wanted to like fit in, but not fit in. There's nuances to this I'm learning because there's people that like literally are just vain and want to fit in. And I've like questioned myself for a long time. Is that you? Are you vain? to be in that way. But it wasn't that it was like, I want to fit in by doing the things and looking the way that the kind of the general populace does and whatever little, you know, ecosystem it is that I want to exist in, like here in the outdoor sphere, because I want to blend in and fly under the radar. I don't like standing out. And I really, this is just from traumatic childhood. I really, really hate being looked down on. And it took me years to get past a lot of that. But like, that's just like one of those trauma things. Like you have it in your head. Like, I just want people to not notice me. I just want to fly under the radar. And the best way to fly under the radar is to fit in with what's going on around you, especially in things like this that don't matter. You know, just like a general appearance. What, what just the clothes you're wearing. I just want to look like everybody else is looking for the most part, just so nobody's even batting an eye at me. You know, I want to like be all standing out in any way, shape or form. And that's true of so many people as I'm so finding out and so thankful for all of you that are writing in and telling me your stories like this. Um, so there's that, there's that aspect of that, but you gotta be real. Did I want that because I want to fit in with everyone? Yeah, partially. And that's part of it. The other thing is it's functional. It's a hell of an, it's a hell of an off-road vehicle. If you get the TRD and it's pretty darn cool, you know, even in its own right, it'll do a lot. It's still on the same platform, but it doesn't have that overbuilt suspension. It doesn't have, there's a reason a TRD off-road is a TRD off-road. Just the same way that a Nissan Xterra was different than a Nissan Xterra Pro 4X or any Nissan model of anything, the Frontiers or anything. There's a four-wheel drive version of it. And then there's the Pro 4X version. The four-wheel drive has four-wheel drive. The Pro 4X has four-wheel drive and more ground clearance, and beefed up suspension, and skid plates, and all the crap you need under a car, which is the only really important thing to not jacking your vehicle to pieces, trying to take it up and down mud holes and dirt roads and all the kinds of places you want to go adventure. There's a reason there are off-road variants. The off-road variant is an a more 
precisely built for the application of four wheel drive. Okay, but you can still buy a four wheel drive or the other, right? Just like my little Subi Crosstracks four wheel drive and it's got 8.7 inches of ground clearance. It will serve my purposes for the most part for another two or three years until I can trade it up for a Forester Wilderness Edition, which is much, much, much more like my Xterra was. See, here's the reason. Why did I get rid of the Xterra? Number one, 13, 12, 13 miles a gallon in town, not cutting it at best. 18 miles a gallon at interstate speeds. It did love driving interstate speeds, but that's not what it was for. It's not a daily driver. The Pro 4Xs with today's gas prices and me being a poor man, not for me. I loved it. I was in love with it. It was the best four-wheel drive I've ever owned, y'all. That thing was built like a tank. I told you guys stories. Go back and listen to the Exploring Central Colorado, Colorado episode. When I got up there, going around the route of the Silver Kings. Y'all, there was one time I thought, if, if I mess up here, I'm dead. I'm going off the side of this mountain. I didn't even want to get into that big of a situation. And then crawling over giant, like, mini boulders, going up around the peaks of Mount Sherman and whatnot, looking for all of the old uh, gold and silver mines that had been abandoned, just to go check them out and take pictures and just explore. That thing, I damn near rock crawled it. And it took it like a champ and came back off of that mountain after having my teeth thoroughly jarred out of my head, bouncing down that road for an hour trying to get out of there and hit the highway and hit the interstate and was doing 80 and humming smooth as a baby's bottom all the way down the interstate. Like it was a great vehicle, but it got 13 miles to the gallon as a daily driver and I drove it all the time. It no longer fit my needs. If you can get your hands, I will say this, if you can get your hands on a Pro 4X Xterra, I mean, mine was a 13. They quit making them in 15 for like EPA standard reasons. Um, But if you can get one that's got, say, less than 100,000, they're getting old now. That's going to be hard to find. But you find one that's got under 100,000 miles, you're going to get some years out of it. And if you got the money to blow on the extra gas... That six-cylinder actually has a lot of pep, y'all. It'll move you down the road. It will absolutely scooter. It's a great vehicle. They are great vehicles. Mine was a 13. Again, they quit making them in 15. Do your research. Always check for recalls and find out what problems were in what vehicles. Nissan had a problem with what we called the strawberry milkshake of death, which was a transmission line in the oil cooler kind of going wonky, and the oil and the transmission fluid getting mixed together, and it's a bad deal. It was a real bad deal. A lot of a lot of Nissans died tragically and had to be, you know, buried at sea over that. Um, but the 2013 was outside of those year ranges before Nissan fixed it and took care of it for all the future generations. Um, but, you know, do your own research. But my 13 was amazing, was still kicking it 178 or 180,000 miles when I traded it in. And I only traded it in. Because the mileage was up there, but my payments were still up there because my credit was crap when I bought it coming out of my divorce when I had no other choices. I mean, it's honestly lucky I got financed at a dealership, but it's also like a gift from the gods that they gave me that Nissan is the one thing I could actually purchase because it literally fueled and took me through the last five years through this podcast, through the YouTube channel, literally, literally, literally was a partner in this ginormous crime that I'm committing here, trying to pretend to be a podcaster. It was an amazing vehicle. If you can find one under a hundred grand miles wise, yeah, they don't cost a hundred thousand dollars. I assure you. 
um, man, you might want to talk about jumping on it. You might want to think about it because it's great. But for me, I went into the Subaru. Why did I go Subaru? Okay, we talked about that recently. But for me, this is back to the kind of the point of the episode. Choose your adventure wagon. It's practical. It has, it's only three quarters of an inch ground clearance shy of what the Xterra could do. It gets 33 to 35 miles a gallon on the interstates, what I'm figuring out. It's claimed at 33, but I'm getting it at 35 when I have long stretches. In town, minimum is 25 to 28, somewhere in there. It's supposed to be an average together of 29. Yeah, it's working out just about like that. I got. I went two weeks without buying gas. You heard recently, yo, huh, what? Yeah, I mean, it was heavenly. And when I fill it up, it's only a 16 and a half gallon tank. I'm only spending 45 or 50 bucks to drive for two or three weeks on it. But it's also four wheel drive with 8.7 inches of ground clearance. Get those decent, solid, all-terrain tires on it. It's going to take you anywhere you need to go, short of rock crawling, at 33 miles to the gallon. That's why I have a Nissan or a, a Subaru now. It fits the evolution of my life. When I had the Nissan, I was doing a whole lot more, much wilder stuff, getting way back in the middle of nowhere to do the overnight hikes, to do the overnight float, to climb up to the top of mountain peaks. And just the reality is I don't do that all the time and I don't get to do that all the time any now, anymore at this point in my life. The preponderance of what I do is drive to work and back, right? Again, we're talking about practical. If you're not rich enough to have two vehicles and have one toy, like a forerunner that's all built out, sitting in the garage just for weekends. It's not a great idea to drive those during the week, guys. You get these guys that are driving. I see them here all the time because we are in the South. It is redneck country. I grew up as a teenager being one of those very same rednecks. You get guys with these 33, 35-inch you know, mud tires on there, and they're cruising down, and you hear them coming from a mile away. You hear that hum, whoa, 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 whoa. You know what that hum is? That's literally hundreds of dollars of rubber chewing off of those tires. You're going to change your tires once every 18 months to two years at two grand a freaking change, you know, 1500 to $2,000 just for tires. Also, they eat up your gas mileage, which is also already only like 12 miles to a gallon. These people are getting eight to 10 to 12 miles a gallon and tearing $1,500 worth of rubber off their tires just to drive it around as a daily. That's a toy, not a daily driver. And it will cost you and it affects you in the long run significantly financially. Like I'm going to be an old man. So I needed a practical car. This is my practical solution. And for many of you, like take this into consideration. It's a practical solution. They're also cheaper. Like the Subaru. I told you I want a forerunner. I still kind of want a forerunner, except now I'm like, no, no. I want that Forester because it's a bigger car, but I want it in the Wilderness Edition because then it's dang near what my Xterra was. Same ground clearance, same overbuilt under suspension, aftermarket suspension. Um, I don't know whose suspension. It was like Bilstein's for the X, but I don't know what they're doing with Subaru yet. But anyway, around it, it's built for that adventure, but it's also built for gas mileage. It's got more size. Like you can do so much, guys. You can do so much more when you can drive three times as far, two to three times as far over what you're ever going to get out of that friggin' forerunner or my Xterra or, you know, the new Broncos. Like those Broncos are sexy. Yo, those new, those Bronco sports and the red, the, man, they're sexy. 
Those Broncos are sexy. The Forerunners are sexy. I mean, I'd love to have a Tacoma TRD. Just the pickup truck with a snug top. Oh, that's sexy too. And they're super capable. All of those are capable. They're great off-road vehicles. Don't take me wrong. However, they are over, over, overpriced because they are popular. They are part of the fad. And granted, they've always been. They're well-built vehicles. Toyota makes a great great vehicle with a great resale value. I'm not disparaging the product. I'm disparaging the fact that you have to pay a premium for it so you can fit in with the people that you want to admire and respect you. That's the difference in what I was saying earlier. I want to fit in to fly under the radar. I don't want to fit in to be like admired and respected and lauded. That's kind of the difference. What are you doing it for? For me, it's to like just try to hide. But anyway, around it, this was super as well as a Forester, as well as an Outback in the Wilderness Editions that are far more capable than even my little Subaru off-road, still coming in at that 25 or 28 to 33 MPG. And, and you can buy them for 30 to 40 Gs as opposed to a new 4Runner that's going from 60 to 80 Gs, depending on what configuration you buy it in. The Subaru is practical. And this was my decision process. And this is the thing for you to consider, y'all. You don't have to have the Forerunner. You don't have to have the $2,000 Overland rig on top of the ride. We've talked about that before. Overland rigs just kill me. Yes, they look awesome. And I love them. They are cool as hell. I will not ever say that they don't look awesome and would be bad A to stay in overnight. But they are so ridiculously expensive for something that is totally unnecessary and a bigger pain in the butt than it's worth. When you can literally hang out your hammock, where you can literally put a tent on the ground, where you can literally do car camping, which is what overlanding is. Like, let's be real about the definition of overlanding. The original definition of overlanding, y'all, was like vehicles that were weekend toys. Okay? The kind that have the kind of aftermarket stuff and tires and things that you can't really drive around on pavement. They might not even be street legal in some instances. You pull them on a trailer and then you go out there and rock crawl your way across damn mountainscapes. And then you got your tent in your vehicle and you're overlanding. A lot of them have the snorkel so they can drive through rivers, which means the engine compartment sealed off all of that stuff. Most of the Overland rigs you see right now, which populate the majority of Instagram. And if you have one and I'm offending you, I'm sorry. Because some of you guys, I I never want to cast that broad of a blanket statement. Some of you guys really do the overlanding in them. But you know how you can tell the difference for the rest of us? The guys that have a big old bad A friggin' TRD off-road with an Overland rig and a snorkel and all that that actually use it to really go back in there. It has scratches on it, and it looks like it gets driven. 99% of the ones you see on the old Instagram, or you see out there in person, sitting on the side of the Buffalo River off the side of a paved highway, don't, they're spotless. They do not have a scratch on them. That's when it's about appearance. You can't be deterred by that, guys. Overland rigs, Overland rigs are unnecessary, and I will die on that hill. They're super cool. But you guys that want to get out there and go camping, you don't need one to do it. Overland is car camping. Bottom line. By the definition of what people use it for today. Like again, the original definition, you really could 
and were going places that you couldn't go in any other vehicle, but that's not what they're doing with them today. You don't need an overland rig to camp most of the places. I would say the vast majority of most of the places that'll get you way back in there. Like my little Xterra is nowhere near overland the way that everyone else has it. But man, I can get back into the Washita's into the most, most remote of places. Like, and I say Washita's because the Ozarks, there aren't that many remote places anymore. It's all very popular. The Washita's is where it gets really, really rugged, really really down in the stuff and that xterra and again it was a great off-road vehicle for a crossover platform that could do both a daily and an off-road i could go anywhere almost anywhere except through a river and i could have added a snorkel and sealed up an engine compartment sure as hell i could have but i didn't want to like it's expensive and silly like it's unnecessary because I don't need to ford rivers. That's for fun. And that's what it's for. If people do that, it's for fun. It's for giggles. You don't have to do it that way, guys. The right vehicle for you and how to choose it all comes back to, do you need it to be cheap enough on gas to take you places without completely bankrupting you? Do you need it? Do you have a family? Do you have four kids you're trying to take out? that plays. You're going to need a bigger vehicle. Are you single? Are you like me? Single with my child, but she's not doing these adventures with me yet. And even when she does say it's you and your wife or you and your partner, you and your husband, whatever, you guys only need like a vehicle, like my little cross trek would do it. You roll down those back seats. You can fit all of your gear back there, you know, and you get in the front seats. You're fine. You got plenty of room that way. But if you got four kids, that cross track's not going to cut it. Okay, the Forester might. Or you might have to go with like a TRD. You might, or a TRD. You may have to go with a Forerunner TRD or something of the like. You may have to go with a different SUV. I will say this if you're really wanting a good four wheel drive or one that's not going to fall to pieces with you using it on the back roads, even just the dirt roads. Stick with the names that you understand to have to do with off-road. Literally, Nissan, Toyota, um, again, Subaru. Stick with those names. Stick with the names that you know that are associated with it because you can go get you a Chevy. You can go get you a GMC. You can go get you a Ford. Yeah, Ford Bronco, a Jeep. There are certain ones. Now, to be fair, the Fords, the new Broncos, the jury's out. We don't know how they're going to be. We don't have had time for recalls. We haven't had time for a lot of information. They may be amazing, but do not just assume they're going to be awesome because we don't know that yet. They brand freaking new, but they're awesome looking. But, you know, those you don't know, a Ford, a Chevy, a GMC, that's more just like a little crossover family sedan SUV style of thing. You're going to beat it to pieces. If you go out there, you're going to have to drive super slow and just be very careful and pick your pick your roads. Try if you are looking to purchase Try to stick to names that you know can do four-wheel drive and do it well without falling into a heap of metal at the end of the dirt road. On top of that, though, you have to consider, can I even afford to do that? If you cannot, the best adventure wagon you have is the one that you already have, even if it's a Nissan Altima. Y'all, I've seen some vehicles in the last few weeks. I've been noticing these and it cracks me up. I saw an old Ford Escort, like station wagon, where they even called Escort wagons or whatever. But it was one of like the 90s to 2000s Ford station wagon models. Car, station wagon. 
It had mud tires on it and a snorkel. Somebody had turned it into something of like an Overland type of rig out of that old... Y'all, you can do it in any vehicle. And you don't even have to be four-wheel drive. There is a multitude of places, this entire country and world over, where you don't even have to have a four-wheel drive to get to all these awesome, awesome places. To amazing state parks with incredible camping facilities. Like I said, if you're camping out of your car, you are technically overlanding by the term that or the definition as it's being used today by the people that are buying and employing the majority of the overland rigs on their vehicles. They're not even going out there for places that you can't get to. True overlanding is places you can't get to in a tour wheel, a two wheel drive. You follow? That's kind of where we're at with that. You don't need that. You don't have to have that. You don't need that. You get out there and whatever you have, because the whole point is live your life now. Don't wait for when things get better because they may not. Not trying to be pessimistic, trying to be realistic. You can build a whole lifetime doing it when it's not the easiest. And when it does come time, you're like, look at everything I've already done. And it's a huge platform, a huge base. It's a huge jumping off point to go and do what I want to do now. It just gives you so much more experience and, and knowledge of what you love to do out there. You're going to go through different iterations. Oh, you're into mountain biking, but then you got into photography and oh, then it kind of morphed into this. And then it was ooh, mountain biking with photography doing through trail rides on my mountain bike. Like, Go live it now, guys. Make memories now. Tomorrow's not promised. Like I tell people that all the time. I may walk out in front of a freaking donut truck tomorrow. Like it'd be a nice way to go. Like, you know, my last words might be, and he's like, are you okay? I'd be like, just give me the cream filled. And that would be it. But I'd die with a donut in my mouth, but I'd be dead. And life is over at that point. No more adventuring. You can never count on tomorrow. Go live your life today. So whatever the heck vehicle you have, figure out, put you together a modular system like I've talked about for camping. Something you can just plug in and out in a freaking Walmart tote or a tote like an HDX tote from Home Depot. Put the stuff you need in there. It's always ready to go. And all you got to do if you got kids is throw crap in the bag for the kids, their clothes, their undies, their toothbrushes, whatever. You throw it in. You do your weekend. You come back. You throw it out. You're back to work the next day. Or if it's just you, it's just you and a partner, go out there and find you the vehicle that works for you. Get you the one that takes you the places you want to go and does it within your budget. There are options. That's kind of the point of tonight's episode, really, or this last, you know, half of the episode has been, there are options. There are options. There are compromises. There are practical choices, which Subaru's really fallen into that area for me. And it's not just because I bought one. I seriously, I fell into that area for me. And that's why I bought one. They're kind of the, 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 in between, man, if you'll get you a Wilderness Edition or even just a regular Subaru, it's going to do more and it's going to do it for a lot cheaper. It's a great option. A Pro 4X, if you can find you an old Xterra, look at that. The gas mileage is going to be up there, but the cost is going to be affordable to you. And great vehicle. Y'all, the whole point is go and live. Whatever you have, get online. Figure out how people are camping. Figure out if hammocks will work for you. Figure out what it is you need to do, and then buy a vehicle if you're in the market that will do all of those things efficiently and you've found your adventure wagon, at least for the next three to five years or until you're ready 
to move into something else that you have decided and figured out through use. That's a whole lot of life is just living it because then you realize, you know what, this is great, but it could be greater if I had this. And then you figure out, ooh, there is a vehicle that is this, but with that, that would be even greater. As soon as we get some equity in this bad boy, let's trade it in for that. Whatever. Guys, the point is put thought into your lives. Put thought into your efforts to get out there in the world and get out and actually go do it. That's all I want to preach to everyone. Live your life now while it's here to live because we never know what tomorrow brings and we may not be able to adventure anymore. And then all those memories were left on the table. All of those memories never got to be had. And all you got left is regrets of, damn it, I did not go and live my life. So, Anyway, that's going to wrap us up for tonight. I probably could have spent and should have spent a lot more time getting into other vehicles and other options. We'll have to title this so that it's not misleading in any way, shape or form. But we've run a long episode here. It has gotten long. So I need to wrap it up so I can get to editing. I am so thankful you guys are here. I am thankful that you stuck around with me to the end. If you did, I probably lost most of you. But if you stuck around till the end, I am super excited that you did. And I am very, very thankful that you did. Again, remember, share this guy wherever you can think to share it. Go on and like and subscribe and leave a review. Again, such a huge deal to leave a review. If you got a spooky story for spooky season, you got three weeks. My wayward story at gmail.com. Or if you just want to talk to me or send me a line, I love beyond measure hearing from you guys. So send me an email, anything else, go to www.waywardstories.com and you can see videos and my TikTok and my Instagram and all the other stuff exist over there. Other than that, guys, that's all I got for the wrap up. And I look forward to seeing you guys again in two weeks with a story that I don't yet know what the hell it's going to be, but we will figure it out by then. Anyway, It's time for me to get out of here. You guys, be safe on your travels, get out there in the world, and don't forget to be good to each other. 